0: From the Mercy One studio. Man Up. Brought to you by Construction Professionals. A program dedicated to inspiring and helping men live lives of heroic virtue. Join Joe Stopulis every Monday at 9 a.m. and 9 p.m. on Iowa Catholic Radio. And now it's time to Man Up.
1: Welcome to Man Up on Iowa Catholic Radio. We are broadcasting from the Mercy One Studio heard on 11:50 a.m. 88.5 FM and 94.5 FM. Around the globe streaming online at iowacatholicradio.com and on the Iowa Catholic Radio app. I am Joe Stappulus and today I am joined by Deacon Reed Flood of the Diocese of Des Moines and we're going to talk about discernment, discernment in life. Let's start in prayer. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. St. Michael, the archangel, defend us in battle. Be our protection against the wickedness and the snares of the devil. May God rebuke him, we humbly pray. And Do thou, O prince of the heavenly host, by the power of God, cast into hell Satan and all the evil spirits who prowl about the world, seeking the ruin of souls. Amen. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Discernment. A topic that uh, I touch on fairly frequently, I feel like, and I'm just kind of feeling extra called today, because I'm doing some of it in my own life. Uh, and I thought it'd be good to have Reed on today. So Reed, uh, you may, some of you may know Reed. Uh, Reed is a great man here uh, in Des Moines, Iowa. Well, currently he's in Des Moines, but he's going to head back out to Rome here shortly uh, as a seminarian for the Diocese of Des Moines. Uh, he was ordained a deacon a couple months ago and will be ordained a priest uh, next summer. Uh, so that means he's really in the throes of of discernment, of active discernment uh, in to religious life. Um and one of the things i've always I've always admired for for the men who've gone to seminary is that active role of discernment of them discerning God's call in their life and I think that we we meaning everyone, regardless of where you're at in life, need to have a spirit of discernment because God's always calling us, always calling us to something uh, and so I wanted to have Reed on today uh, to discuss kind of his discernment process uh and the, what he's done, what he's doing. Uh, to hear guys call on his life. So we're going to head to a short break, and when we return, Reed Flood will be with us. So stick around, and we'll be right back. Thank you, construction professionals, for underwriting Man Up. Construction professionals have been long supporters of Iowa Catholic Radio, and we've seen their work firsthand. It's very impressive. They do remodeling or new construction that is innovative, functional, and designing what you want. Cpcustomhomes.com.
0: Support for Iowa Catholic Radio and John Leonetti in the Morning is provided by Five Sons Naturescapes. Five Sons Naturescapes is a Catholic veteran-owned family company providing premium outdoor landscaping, clean up and restore outdoor living space with retaining walls, privacy fencing, pergolas, paver sidewalks, and patios. Issues with soil settling and water around the foundation and yard? Five Sons Naturescapes can grade and install drainage tile to help. Five Sons Naturescapes online at fivesonsnaturescapes.com. Support for Iowa Catholic Radio, in Christ is the Answer with Father John Ricardo, is provided by Confluence Brewing Company, a local brewery featuring seasonal and limited-release beers located off the bike trail south of Gray's Lake and online at confluencebrewery.com. Confluence Brewing Company has growlers-to-go, apparel, and other gifts for family and friends. Confluence Brewing Company is available for curbside service and would like to thank you for your support. Thank you, Confluence Brewing Company, for your support of Iowa Catholic Radio.
2: My comes
1: you. You're right here welcome back to Man Up on Iowa Catholic Radio. I am joined today by my friend Deacon Reed Flood of the Diocese of Des Moines. And today we are going to chat about discernment. How to discern in our lives. Reed, welcome to the show.
2: Thank you, Joe. It's great to be here.
1: So we're going to have Max Carson on too. Two guys who have done no shortage of an amount of discerning.
2: That's right. The last seven years of my life, I've really been diving in deep into the life of discernment. A
1: regular state of discernment. So, as my listeners might know, on the show, I've talked about discernment a lot in our lives. I, I, I made the analogy that I don't believe that people do a good enough job early on in their life of discerning, which is, I think, with priests. I mean, you've been, you mentioned, when we were talking off air, seven years of discernment. I mean, we, we make our priests discern for seven years and then learn their vocation for seven years. And the most people with married life, they kind of just show up to a weekend retreat and it's over, right? So they don't do a whole lot of discerning. They kind of just go through life without thinking about it. And Socrates says the unexamined life is, is not worth living. And I think that happens often. I think we just get into these ruts where we're just kind of going through the motions, and never stepping back and thinking, what am I being called to do? And so I really want to take this opportunity to talk with you about uh, discernment, how, what that means to you, what it looked like to you physically, uh, and then, you know, ongoing discernment, because I think, a lot of people look at me. And they say, "Joe, you're married with almost five kids. You've made your discernment. You're a you're a father." I'm like, "Well, there's more to it than just that, right?" So there's you're constantly discerning where is God's will in your life. So let's let's give our listeners a little bit of background to yourself. Uh, Obviously born and raised here in Des Moines. Give us the the 30-second version of how you got to where you're at.
2: Totally, yeah. So, Deacon Reed Flood, born and raised in Des Moines, went to Dowling Catholic High School. Go Maroons. Go Maroons that's right. Played football, were Was a wrestler. On the, were
1: you on one of the championship teams? Uh,
2: I was, yeah, in 2010. Oh. I was a linebacker. I was a sophomore back then. But
1: you were still hitting people. I was still hitting ah, people, yeah. let's
2: be honest. Yeah. yeah, so so that was a lot of fun. Um, I, I did the musical as well, and that was something that I wanted to highlight, because I didn't just do sports, I tried to... Dive into other Plus, areas as well. Or
1: Renaissance man. Oh, we're
2: There's trying a, to be. We're I trying try to be Renaissance you, man. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> what was the musical? Uh, okay. The the best one was Beauty and the Beast. Nice. Yeah. I played a knife, a dancing <laughs> knife. Yeah. But hey, dude, I look sharp, man. <laughs> so so Dalling was a great experience. From there, I had a big decision to make. That's what college am I going to go to? And I ultimately decided to go to the University of Saint Thomas in Saint Paul, Minnesota, be a business communication major. But about a month before joining seminary, I got a text message out of the blue from a former co-host of the show, Father oh, Zach kowski Indeed, indeed, he's and, and all he says is, "Hey, Reed, I think that you make a great priest." And me and all my humility thought, well, I know that Father make great knife and <laughs> a great priest. A lot of <laughs> oh my, yeah. So so I but but I thought about that and that really implanted itself within me. And I didn't know that, but that was a seed that God had placed within me, and that had begun to sprout right there with his words. And I began to think about it. I was, you know, I was chewing on it. This
1: was freshman year of college.
2: This was one month before freshman year of college. Yeah, and I eventually decided, and I can go more into that later, but I eventually decided to join the seminary, and I was a little uncertain. I was like, oh, I don't know. Like, is this for me? The seminary was full, by the way, when I decided to apply. So I thought, okay, well, maybe this is a sign that I'm not called to seminary, or at least right now. But I kid you not, when I spoke to the vocations director, three days after I spoke with him, a spot opened up. And that was crazy. I had my meeting with Bishop Pates on a Saturday. I was accepted as a seminarian, and I moved in on Sunday. So it was like a light switch. That's how okay, quick it was.
1: Okay, so from Father Zach talked to you before going to school, how many years, or was it that same... Month?
2: It was that same month. Oh come on! I'm, I'm I'm not kidding, man. Yeah. Oh boy. Yeah. I like that. I was I was I was really fortunate though because the process was simple. I mean, I was already accepted to St. Thomas. Okay. I was working at the pastoral center as their janitor, so I knew the people in the office. So it was very easy to get interviews set up. It was it was God's will, it's like man. Goodwill
1: hunting. You're already there. The janitor oh. inside. Oh you're yeah.
2: Doing your thing. That's right. Uh, writing on chalkboards.
1: Yeah, <laughs> writing. The proofs of St. Thomas on the sockboards, they knew that you're ready for the uh, for the priesthood. So you go in, and, and at that point, I assume, given especially the short time frame with which you you jumped in, you were truly in a discernment mode the whole time. I mean, I've heard of some people who went, and they kind of already discerned that they wanted to be priests when they entered seminary. And You're saying, no, no, I was there to to discern, right? To literally discern. Yeah,
2: yeah, and me, I was very critical. Like I had a very critical eye when I went in because I was, I had the via negativa. I'd say when I went in sort of that attitude, it's Lord, any sign that you want to give me to call me out of seminary. Mm -hmm. I'm cool with that. Just let me know and just, just give me anything. I'll I'll be watching. Yeah. 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 I was tuning in. I was ready, but literally it was just the exact opposite. God was confirming and reconfirming Read. this is the place for you to be. Why? Because this is where I am and I want you to follow me. And that was really important because if it was just on my own and me following my own wants at that time, my wants, my desires were so undeveloped at that point that they needed God, the divine gardener, if you will, to grow and foster that call within my soul. So those little desires that I had, for instance, like the desire for adventure, okay, just very basic, I thought, Lord if I join seminary like are those like are those guys just like a bunch of nerds I mean, <laughs> I, mean I mean what's that going to look like and I genuinely wrestle with that I've had the most incredible adventures in my life joining seminary and I'm not and I'm not even a priest yet and and I've already traveled the world and done all sorts of crazy things that have been beautiful spiritual and holy and I just thank God for it. So that's just one example. Like
1: learning a new language and then studying in that new language for four years. Oh my that's gosh. Like, that's it, an adventure.
2: Yeah, that was, uh, that was an adventure, uh, man.
1: Oh yeah. <laughs> All right. So now you're, you're, you're in seminary and you are, you're quite literally discerning. What, what does that look like? As a guy who didn't go to seminary. What did it look like to, to discern?
2: Okay. So first thing was listening. So obedience, uh, we're always striving to grow in obedience, to listen to the Lord. And the word obedience comes from the Latin word uh, to hear. So literally you want to grow in holiness by hearing and listening to God. So that means practically we began every day with a holy hour and morning prayer at 6am. So we wake up, we would pray in silence together as a community in front of in front of the monstrance, so in front of the Eucharist, and we we would listen to the Lord and just grow in that school. It was like a greenhouse, okay? Then we also studied a lot. We had lots of formation. The priests, they were there. They would give us lessons every week. And and, uh, thirdly, we were in a good community of men so we could have good conversations and talk about just discernment, talk about how the Lord's been working in our life, where the graces have been. And it's not like Your vocation, a lot of guys think of it this way. It's not like your vocation is this big carrot that God's just dangling out in front of you. And He says, if you do everything right, then you're going to get that carrot and everything's okay. Or another example is they think that God is sort of holding your vocation hostage. And He's like, okay, you have to do all these things correctly and then I'm going to give it to you. That's not the right principle for me. And I think for a lot of these guys who have grown in the seminary, it's it's more like Jesus is the vocation. He is your guide. He's your brother, your king, your leader, your mentor. And he just says, Hey, just just come follow me and I will lead you to where you need to go. It's not like this this prize. He's the great prize. Yeah.
1: So six AM every day. Is that required in the seminary? Or is that just something that you guys did?
2: That's something that we did in awesome. minor seminary, yeah. And that was that was pretty hard <laughs> coming out of high school. I can't imagine. And 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 that was – so, okay, this is a good difference between minor seminary and major seminary. When I said I joined seminary at the University of St. Thomas, I went to St. John Vianney Seminary. That was four years because I came out of high school. If I had received a college degree, this is where we get into the nuts and bolts a little yeah. bit, then I would instead do two years of pre-theology, getting my degree in philosophy. Yeah. But as it is, I came out of high school, so I did four years at the undergraduate minor seminary. And that was a school, not so much a formation towards the priesthood, while it's true they had those, um, they had that formation in place, but it was primarily a school of sanctity. It's how do you grow in virtue? How do you just be a good virtuous man? And I think every man should at least consider joining seminary, even for that reason. It's a little late for me. It's a, it's a little late, but not for your kids. Not for your kids. Yeah. not for your kids. Joe, you shouldn't go back now. Your wife would not
1: appreciate it. <laughs> uh, no, and I've, I, so I've heard that from a lot of people. I think I've mentioned the show that you know, every person who's gone to seminary, even the ones who've discerned out, has said, it's the best decision I've ever made in my entire life. Yes. The man I am today, the man of prayer, the husband, whatever I am, very a lot of that is due to what I learned in seminary. So you're saying in minor seminary, you had a group of guys who was doing the 6 a.m.
2: Oh, yeah. We had, there was about 150 men. It's, it's, it's one of the largest seminaries in the United States is St. John Vianney. Uh, University of St Thomas, and so every morning hundred and fifty men oh man we would wake up yeah dude it was a it was a powerhouse if you didn't
1: know if you didn't show up would somebody notice and say what read do
2: yeah, yeah, my senior year I was the r a of our floor, so my job was once everyone was down, I would have to go up really quickly check through the check oh, through the hall man. see yeah, yeah see if there are guys still sleeping and I would have to knock wake him up say hey man it's uh you're missing out on holy hour we got to get you downstairs so it it was it was uh, militant. It was Milton, and, and that's exactly what I needed as an yeah. 18-year-old kid. I'm
1: sure. Yeah. Uh, okay, so that's a great start. So, hour a day with the Blessed Sacrament in prayer. Uh, what did the prayer look like for you? Right. Was it, was it directed? Was it, was it morning prayer? What was it?
2: Right. We had morning prayer, which was taken from the Liturgy of the Hours. We would begin our day with morning prayer. We would have a holy hour, and then immediately after the holy hour, we would have Mass, So already you have front-loaded your day, supercharged it. And then in the evenings, we would do another bout of community prayer, and that was evening prayer. So we would bookend our days with the morning and the evening, which any guy can do that, but he can modify it to what's ever prudent Mm -hmm. for his life, whether that's just waking up and going for a walk or turning off the radio and praying rosary on the way into work. It's accessible to guys to bookend their days with prayer.
1: And the, the morning prayers are a little bit more to chew on. It's still very good, and it's beautiful uh, from Liturgy of the Hours. But the, the, eve, the night prayer, the one right before bed, oh. is five minutes, and it's gorgeous. Oh, my
2: gosh. Yeah. It, is,
1: it is the best way to end your day. I wish I could say I did it every day. I don't do it every yeah. day. But when you do it, it's, and, the, and the examination of conscience is built right in there, mm-hmm. right? So one of the biggest things I always talk about is having an examination of conscience every day to look back on your day and see how you did. Well, it's built into night prayer. If you if you're doing night prayer, you should have time in there to do the examination of conscience, and so if yeah, I agree, hundred percent. You can bookend it. That's very yeah. way to do it.
2: I'm glad you brought up the examination of conscience because I think that's a good starting point for people who want to. So they have the prayer implemented in their life, and they want to really incorporate discernment now from that prayer. Think of the prayer as like just your diet. That, that, that if you're not eating, how can you function? You know, how can you really climb that mountain? But once you have that then your examine takes place, I think, on a, think of it economically, on a macro and a micro level, mm-hmm. okay? So the micro level, every day, you look back on the little events throughout mm-hmm. your your day, and you thank God for the graces, and, and you ask to get better, you know, from the times you've messed up. But on the macro level, you look back over the course of your life, and this is where prayer is, is a great place to do that, because you can see how the Spirit like like the thread has really stitched and woven together all those tremendous events in your life. And it begins to form this tapestry, this constellation of God's will working in your life. And for me, I hinted at it earlier, but I did have this great desire for adventure. I had this huge desire for intimacy as well. Um, when I was in high school, I had three prayers that I would pray like genuinely every day. And that was, Lord, I pray to be the best athlete to be the best leader and to have the best girl. (laughs) Straight up, man. I straight up prayed for that. And, and, and God's generous. True. Like, like I said, we, we, we were state champions in, in football. I was a two time state wrestler. So I was a good athlete, uh, a leader. I was a homecoming king at Dowling, which is pretty cool. Every flood guy. Every flood guy's (laughs) a
1: homecoming.
2: But then, but the girl that, so, so that was interesting. God, I could see, I couldn't appreciate it at that time, but he was really growing that desire, strengthening that desire to provide for a spouse for a significant other. And when that decision came to join seminary, that was the last little holdout was, God, how am I going to find the best girl when I'm studying to become a priest? You know, like like this is celibacy we're talking about here. How does that fit with this desire that I had? And it was like, read just just... Just trust me, okay. Let this go, and I'm gonna be with you. You know, just just trust me on this. And now, seven years after the fact, being ordained a deacon, I can look back and I can confidently and actually, because I've professed it, that that beautiful woman was the one holy Catholic Church, the spouse, the bride of Christ. And I'm just like, man, Lord, <laughs> like, thank you, because I do believe that I have. The best woman it's the spotless bride of the church so a spotless bride of christ the church so i was yeah i lucked out it's on that one story. man yes
1: <laughs> great story so as you look so you've obviously mentioned in well not necessarily explicitly but silence and prayer mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. um which i talk about a lot in the show and i struggle to do it but i i try my best what other things would you say as you as you reflect on the discernment in your life and Things that you're implementing and things you maybe recommend to our listeners to say, hey, as you're, and again, I keep saying, the sermon's not just for people who are not married, not in the priesthood, figuring out which, am I going to become a priest or a single person or a married person? Discernment's every day of your life. Yes. I mean, I, I was praying fervently these last couple of weeks on God, what do you want me to do? Mm. What is it that you want me to do? Like, I know I'm a father, I know I'm a husband, I know, like, that that's my first thing, right? I have to do those things first, but there's more. I know there's more, and I'm wondering what it is. And so again, I'm always discerning. I'm always discerning what's God's will in my life. Who, you know, what charities am I supposed to support? What people am I supposed to help? Um, who am I supposed to have on the show? you were part of the prayer, here you yeah. are. Um, so what what things would you recommend for people who are you know, whether they're single, whether they're married, whether they're thinking about the priesthood, or they're in one of those already, things you would recommend to say, gosh, you know, these are the things I would do to discern uh just regularly in life that God's call.
2: Yeah. Well, first I would say Look at your desires. Um, look at what you long for. Look at what you're hungering for in life. And even if it's something like as basic as, oh, yeah, like a hunger for adventure. Sure, why not? Well, like listen to that because that will look different for you. And it'll manifest in certain ways in your life different from other people. And God speaks through desires. You, you, you can call it like the language of desires. So pay attention to your desires throughout the day. And then say, Lord, how can you feed this desire? How can you enter into this? How can you inflame this desire? And it's not just this, like God doesn't just want to satisfy that longing, you know, like in your mind, right? So like I can think of prayer sometimes. It's like I'm sitting there praying, and I oh God, I have this big desire for whatever, yeah, for intimacy or for longing, for adventure. But oh, oh yeah, like you're gonna satisfy that on the intellectual level. Like, no, God actually wants to Bring that about in your life, so so that's the first thing. The second thing, and this is the hardest. I I think this is the hardest part about discernment. This is the hardest part about just striving per, for perfection and holiness. The hardest part is docility, docility to we the spirit. Please find
1: docility for those docility
2: <laughs> to the spirit. So it's it's this it's this attitude of surrendering to the spirit and the Lord's will for you in in your life. In that particular moment, so think of obedience again. You know, when people ask me, they said, "Read like he made these promises, he made these vows, um, celibacy, prayer, prayer and liturgy, of the hours, obedience." What, you know, what's the hardest one you know to keep? It's like, dude, it's obedience. It's obedience, um, because the spirit is constantly and 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 again, this is where if you're praying and if you're listening, you'll begin to recognize where the spirit is prompting you. I had a conversation today with the priest and, and and I had to bring this up in confession too, because there are many times where the Lord would bring up a person, like a name specifically. And maybe you've gotten this desire before too, or like this thing on your heart where someone's like, Hey, like you should reach out and text this guy right now, or Hey, you should message him and see how he's doing. And I've just shunned that. Like, like I pushed that away and talking with this priest, it's like, well, you know, like that was probably the Holy Spirit they're working in. And yeah, Reed, that was a missed opportunity. You could have reached out.
1: I've never been known to not text somebody. Yeah. Like I'm, <laughs> if there's one thing I do uh, naturally, it is my boss. My boss, and he hired me, he said, Joe, your personality is shoot, ready, aim. Oh, yeah. That's what it is. Shoot, ready. So like, yeah. I do it all backwards. So if I, if I ever hear a prompting, I'm going to do it. And yes. I fall flat on my face, but that's never been one for me. All right. In the final parting words, you have got 30 seconds left. Anything you, Any other thoughts you have on discernment uh, that you want to share?
2: Yeah, I'll rattle off the, the catchphrases that I internalized when I joined seminary. One, don't ask yourself what the world needs. Ask yourself what makes you come alive. Because what the world needs is people who have come alive. So that's the first one. The second one is, I got this from Braveheart, but this actually affected me a lot as a kid growing up, but... Every man dies, not every man really lives. So really those two things I want to incorporate. Every, every man has 70 years, 80 for those who are strong in the Psalms. So mm-hmm. our mortality is a real thing, and, and that's something that will give you a lot of power if you contemplate it. So just how will you spend these 70 to 80 years? And please, God, spend them greatly.
1: Reed Flood, thank you for joining me on The Man Up Show. Thank you, Joe.
2: Stop. God We're bless you.
1: We're going head to a short break, and we'll be right back.
0: My help comes
1: from you. you right Welcome back to Man Up on Iowa Catholic Radio. Thanks again to Reed Flood, Deacon Reed Flood, for joining me on the show to talk about discernment. I mean, I think another few things we could put in there that we kind of scratched the surface on when we're looking at discerning uh, God's role in our life is is comes back to that authentic Christian friendships. And again, there's you can do full episodes on this as well. As you're discerning, uh, it's good to have yourself surrounded by other people who are doing the same thing, people who are in the same boat attempting to uh, move the same direction you are, people who can help you uh, as you're discerning what God's call is in your life. If they're doing the same in theirs, uh, finding people like that and surrounding yourself with people like that uh, is is instrumental uh, in being able to live out the Christian life and, and to hear God's call in your life. I another plug, I'll probably just do this every week, quite frankly, uh, until it comes, but on September 24th. So if you heard last week's episode with Father John Ricardo, uh, September 24th, uh, he uh, and Acts 29 are trying to get a national day of prayer and fasting. Uh, In the uh, example of Abraham Lincoln during the Civil War, calling on all people to have set aside a day for prayer and fasting. So please join me and thousands and thousands and hopefully tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands of other people, millions, I'm going to go millions of people, around the world, around the country, I should say, uh, on September 24th as we pray for unity uh, and for God's mercy uh, and protection on our country. Thank you again for joining me today on Man Up on Iowa Catholic Radio. I am Joe stopulos It's time to man
0: up. Man Up! Inspiring men to live out their call to holiness with Joe Stopulis. Heard Mondays at 9 a.m. and 9 p.m. on Iowa Catholic Radio. Brought to you by Construction Professionals.